LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one practical, gospel-centered ministry tip each week. Welcome, Scott. Welcome, Derek. Well, you sounded just a barrel of laughs today. My goodness, there's a lot of energy there. There's a lot of energy there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this morning is just after uh, we're recording this after ScoMo has announced no more than two people uh, connecting, uh, being in the same room. And it just feels like every day there's a new announcement. Things are ramping up more and more. But we recognise as well, this just presents, for you guys listening, this presents leadership challenges daily. They're having to grapple with and so what we're going to push into today is some of the implications around finances, what you need to be aware of, and how it is that you can navigate them, as well as pointing you to a whole bunch of tools and people you can connect with so that you don't feel more isolated than you already are feeling. So Scott, ex-tax lawyer, uh, we're going to push in and pick apart some of your brains on how we need to be thinking through this and what's open and available to us. Where do you want to start? Well, we, we should always start with the principles. Uh, you know, so in terms of thinking about finance and churches, we want to be wise stewards. Now, uh, that, that was the case before COVID. That's, the case gonna, that's gonna be the case afterwards. We want to be wisely stewarding the resources that God has given us. Now, not only the, the people resources, but uh, also the financial resources as well. So uh, stewardship is, is really key as we think about this. Uh, as we talk about finance as well, generosity. I mean, that's the um, that's the phrase that regularly comes up uh, as we think about money and resources in church life. So we want to be generosity, and that's a response from the generosity and the grace that we've been given uh, in in Christ. Uh, we want to love people, you know. So over the next few months, potentially, we're going to need to make some hard decisions, particularly around staffing. Uh, God willing, we won't, and this will only be a short period. Uh, but some ministries, some ministries around the place, this is going to really highlight uh, their reliance on on resources outside of the sort of regular giving uh, into church life. So some churches rely on a lot of income from uh, tenancy and uh, you know finance from uh, rents and other things. They're going to be gone potentially uh, for the next three months or six months because of uh, the impact of of COVID nineteen. And so in the midst of this, we want to we want to love people. And so our communication on this is going to have to be uh, strong. We want to love our people as we talk about money and finances. A lot of people feel guilty and, uh, and they're going to put themselves second. So we want to be uh, loving and gracious as we, um, as we speak about this. All righty. Well, with those principles in mind, that framework there, let's push into some specifics. Where do we start with this thinking on the ground? So we've got a, we've got a really simple tool that we use at, uh, at Reach Australia the now, the where, and the how. Uh, one of the first immediate things that you want to start doing is just take stock of where you are financially as a church. Uh, so I think this is really important in being a calm, non-anxious presence as a leader. Get all the information you can uh, so that as you're making decisions, you can make wise decisions as well. So what information do you need? Pull out your budget. You've prepared a budget for the year. Uh, you've already got the first two months of the year in terms of actuals uh, pull those out assess how the giving's gone towards your budget that is going to help you uh, determine what the next 10 months is going to look like 
but also start to give you a bit of a sense of what the next three to six months could look like. So with that budget, first thing I do is look at all the discretionary costs that you have. So for the next little while, you're not going to need printing. You're perhaps not going to need to pay uh, rent or as pay as much rent on some cert on certain items. You're not going to need to clean premises, uh, for example. Uh, all those discretionary costs you can uh, can reduce. Obviously, you know, speak to your uh, your landlords. Speak to uh, people who uh, you know you might you might decide to keep those cleaning costs going because you want to support the cleaning business that uh, is a church member or. Uh, you know, is a cleaning business outside that. But review those discretionary costs. What are some of the things that you can cut straight away? Obviously, you uh, you can uh, you know cut a whole bunch of stuff out there. So 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 tight. You know, really sharpen the pencil and uh, and remove all those discretionary costs. You you then want to look at your giving. Uh, so I'd encourage people to actually pull out the last two years of giving, and straight away you know try and get an average picture over the last two years. You don't want to be looking at the last two months or the last three months. But look at uh, giving over the last uh, 12 months to 24 months and get an average. Now, that'll give you a bit of a sense of, of where, you know, the year will, will, be, uh, will be headed. Now, if you, you've probably already done that, if you've put together a budget. And so, again, it's pulling out that budgeted uh, giving for the next few months. Now, straight away, probably, you might be able to just cut that by 20%, given the level of uncertainty around the place. Uh, you know, it, it's a conservative approach to cut that giving by 20%. But to give you greater clarity on that, ask some questions about your giving. How much of it is in cash? Uh, so because we're not meeting together and people can't put money into a plate, uh, you can just remove your cash straight away from giving. How much of your giving is regular? You can assume or at least assume that people are going to keep their regular giving up over the next little while. But think about your people. Uh, if you're in a context where a lot of people have seasonal incomes, you might be in a a coastal town where you know holiday holidays uh, are, are a key income source. Uh, you might be uh, in a younger church where a lot of people have retail jobs and part-time jobs, and they might have lost those. Uh, think think about your people, and that may force you to reduce your uh, income even further. So that's just understanding and reviewing your budget uh, from an income side of thing and from an expenses side of things. That will allow you to allow you now to recast and do a new budget for the next three to six months. Now, the reality is we don't know how long this is going to last for, but assuming, assuming it's going to be impacting it at least for the next three months and possibly this, the next six months, I would say, you know, conservatively, reduce those discretionary costs and reduce that income for the next six months. And that will give you a bit of an idea about uh, your end of year position. Now, that's your profit and loss. That's your budget. Also review your balance sheet. What debt do you currently have? Uh, are those... Are those uh, payments going to continue to be made what what can you do as a leadership team to maybe get some relief you know go talk to your bank if you've got a, a large church debt uh look uh look at your lease payments go and speak to your any lease payments or tenancy agreements you have see if you can get a, a holiday for the next three months or if you can pay a reduced amount uh, it's really important that you continue to pay something uh that just gives you a greater legal standing if uh if when this all lifts uh your tenants say well hey look we now don't want to have have you here. The fact that you've been paying it and continue to service your agreement is a um, is a good thing. But communicate with your landlord or your leaseholder. Final thing on your balance sheet is just look at your cash flow. I'd encourage most not for profits to have sort of two to three months cash flow. That allows you to you know slowly make those hard decisions. So if as a result of this you need to make some hard decisions about staff, you've got a bit of time to be able to 
talk to them about uh, about this decision to be able to give them time to be able to work out uh, work out this. So have a look at your uh, your cash flow and see where that's at. Now that could be a good news story. You could go to your church and say, "Well, hey, we've looked at our cash flow. We've looked at all our obligations as a church, and actually we're in a, a strong you know a strong position." Uh, you know, share that with your uh, with your church. Um, so summarizing that, you know, be conservative, uh, get a position of where you're at now, look at all your discretionary costs, review your giving, make uh, some estimations. Now, you may need to revise this in the next two months or three months. As, as Derek's already said, information is changing all the time. But look hard at your budget and, and your balance sheet. Okay, let's talk a little bit about what the government has said and how that impacts how we think about our finances now as well. What do you got for us? Do is the government has made a whole bunch of announcements about tax uh, tax relief, uh, leasing relief, and, and tenancy relief as well. Now they're coming, you know, they're coming out thick and fast. Uh, one of the one of the really helpful things they've done is they've they've given everyone a, a cash flow boost, is what they're calling. We'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, to the ATO uh, explaining how this cash flow boost works out. But really simply, uh, not-for-profits and, and small businesses have got access to um, a minimum of $20,000 um, and a maximum of $100,000. And how it works is every quarter when you lodge your BAS, you'll be able to get access to some tax relief for your POYG holding. So, for example... Uh, you have got, say, two staff members on your um, on your church staff payroll. Their PAYG bill is, say, three and a half thousand dollars for that uh, for that quarter. Uh, what uh, or for that month? Uh, what the ATO uh, will do is they will grab that payment and they will uh, times it by uh, three for the last quarter. So if you lodge your BAS on a monthly basis. They'll multiply that number of three and a half thousand by three. That'll get tabled up to uh, be the amount of ten and a half thousand dollars, and you you will get in April uh, a ten and a half thousand dollar payment. Uh, you'll get a ten and a half thousand dollar payment, and so uh, basically they won't make you pay the three and a half thousand dollars in March. They so had to pay for your POYG. You'll be credited that back, but then you'll also be given another $7,000 for the previous two quarters worth of POIG that you would have paid. Now, if you have less than $10,000 for the last quarter, then you'll be just given a $10,000 payment. If you've got more than $10,000, then you will get up to $50,000 in, in, uh, in relief. So I think most churches, most churches you know, won't, won't get up, up near that amount, but they'll at least get $10,000 for this quarter. Now, if you don't use that over the next uh, little while, uh, then in um, July and September, there'll be another cash flow um, increase and cash flow boost. So every not-for-profit uh, that lodges a BAS, which is every church, they will be getting some form of that uh, cash flow boost. So that's something that you can sort of come to your parish council or your leadership team and say, hey, we've at least got $10,000 coming, uh, coming in April. And so that's a uh, that's a boost for everyone. The other thing to be thinking about is is any leasing relief. So if you've got long term leases now, the government hasn't announced all those, um, you know, all those packages. Uh, but just a principle, you want to continue to pay rent or at least um, negotiate a lower rent with 
if you're if you're a church plan and you're leasing premises, you want to be negotiating a lower rent through this period and paying something. That gives you a, a far more uh, stronger legal position when you come back if you want to move back into those premises. Uh, so uh, so don't cancel those leases. Try and work out a, an, an amount uh, or get some relief. You might you might put a pause on your lease payments for the next three months. Uh, but you want to keep those lease agreements going because, you know, I know a lot of church planners have found it hard to find their leases. So keep those lease agreements going if you um, if you have them. Uh, just for people who are listening in on this, who, who can feel the panic rising uh, as they don't know what's been spoken about, they don't do it. There is help out there. There are the show notes that we'll put in in order to point people to places. There are people they can call, even if they don't have them in the churches, that we can point them to in order to help them navigate these things. But uh, what I do want to push into is how is it as we're looking at our, our finances and our budget, as we're making some hard decisions, how do we talk to staff about some of the uh, changes that might need to be made? Yeah, so uh, obviously we want to be talking, talking with our staff uh, regularly about this. We want to, again, be uh, calming any fears they have. They, they may have heard, you know, other churches have already reduced staff hours or uh, churches have had to uh, lay, you know, lay people off. I don't, I don't think any of that's happening, uh, you know, immediately, but at least that discussion's been ha- ha- having around the place. From an employment, you know, an employment, you know, law perspective, my understanding is that you can't, you know, you can't force anyone to reduce their hours. Uh, you can't force anyone uh, to take less pay. Uh, all those things have to be uh, voluntary. And so as a staff team, you're a staff family. And so you want to be having those conversations out loud with people to say, look, we think the next three to six months are going to be hard work. They're going to be tough. And in order to survive, we think that as a group, we're going to need to drop down a day a week or we're going to need to reduce our, uh, our salary across the broad 10% or 15% or 20%. Uh, we're, we're making those decisions. Now, I think as a, as, a, as a church leader, you want to be leading that and saying, I've made the call, you know, I've made the call that I'm going to be reducing my salary you know, this much. You want to be leading that and, uh, and making that sacrifice. Uh, I, think that's, um, I think that's just that's good, uh, good caring for your staff team. Uh, but it has to be voluntary. Uh, so I guess first, you know, map out the stages that this could happen over the next three to six months for your, uh, for your church or your ministry. Stage one is, you know, we're going to ask people voluntarily to uh, reduce their hours or reduce their salary or their, their stipend. Stage two would be, uh, you know, we, there's going to have to be some sort of uh, force. You know, we, we just don't have the resource or the, ca- you know, the, the money in the bank to pay people. So we're actually going to have to... Uh, uh, because of our final financial situation, actually make some hard decisions and encourage some staff to take less days and some staff to take you know a, a greater reduction. Stage three, and and again, hopefully we're back you know running you know running as per normal in the next little while. Would be uh, we actually have to make some uh, layoffs just because we can't afford to do that. So I think it's helpful to map out those three stages to also say again, based on the work that you've done previously we've got the cash flow we've got the resources we can you know we can do xyz in this first uh in this first stage we've ripped out all our expenditure to be able to say this is stage one this you know this is where we're at stage two we might get there but it's not going to be for another two or three months because we've got the cash flow stage three we're hoping we're never going to get there but i just want you to be aware of that um and also i would also be saying i want i want you as a staff team to come to me if your financial situation is such that you need 
you know, X, Y, Z, come and talk to me. You know, we're, we're a staff team and, uh, and, and hopefully we, we care for each other. So come and, uh, and speak to me. Yeah, I, I think this is a great opportunity to be discipling, uh, discipling your people, discipling your, your, um, your staff team. Uh, and so, you know, so be, be doing that in the midst of this as well. So we've got a church family as well that we are talking to and they're, they're probably dealing with this in their workplaces also. Um, but as we're talking to people about finances and money within our church, um, this is a slightly different episode to talk about, but it's worth touching on. How do we talk to people about finances and money at the moment? Well, in some ways, we should be talking about finances and money the same way we've been talking about finances and money before this. You know, there, there's great pr- principles you know, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, you know, it's from God's grace that we ought to be generous. So we ought to be speaking about generosity. Uh, you know, I, th- I think 1 Timothy 6 is a great passage going, instruct those who are rich in the present world uh, not to be arrogant or to set their hope on the uncertainty of wealth, but on God who richly provides us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do what is good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and to be willing to share. So, uh, you know, I, I, we should be doing that. We should have been doing that three months ago. Uh, and we should be doing that now. So speaking about generosity uh, and, uh, and and speaking about resourcing the church family as well and and, uh, and loving the church family by by giving. Uh, reality, though, is now we might need to be transitioning a number of people into online giving. Uh, you know, so if you're a church that has, you know, respond, has for the most part had a, a cash system, and I don't need too many of our church plants are that way, you want to be moving people towards regular uh, online giving. Uh, I think as well, like always, you want to be sharing stories of people's generosity. And already, I think, I think this crisis has, has caused a whole bunch of people to be generous. I know my church family, uh, people have offered to, um, you know, put people up who have had to do 14 weeks, you know, 14 days of isolation. Uh, people have offered to pay people's rent. Uh, people have just called up our church office and said, hey, you know, here's, here's some money. You know, if someone needs food or if someone's, you know, just lost their job, we want to be able to, uh, you know, help them out. Uh, so having a system and a process to gather that and financially steward that well, that resource as well, is uh, is really important. It, it's probably too late, but if if you can set up a um you know some sort of tax deductible benevolent fund, or if you have access to that, then it's great to use that as well because those donations and gifts can be tax deductible as well. And so people can then be encouraged to be generous even more. They can give and then they can give again because there's a tax deductible uh, opportunity there as well. All right. Well, all the things we've spoken about today, we'll put in the show notes links to all of them. But our encouragement would be as well, there'll be gifts and skills in this area in your church family. And so use them and utilise them. If there's not, uh, in our show notes, again, we'll send links to uh, people who can help you out, who understand the church context and understand yours. It's a difficult time. And so we want to make sure that you aren't feeling even more isolated than you already are in some of the, the tricky leadership challenges you've got. Uh, they'll all be in the show notes, those things. So Derek, can we encourage, we've got a COVID-19 resource page on the GenevaPush.com page and also on the ReachAustralia.com.au page. Uh, in the toolbox, I'll have a link to the ATO uh, discussion on that, on that tax relief, on that cash flow package. Also, uh, I will provide a link to Rod Irvine stuff on generosity. That was important a year ago. It's important today as well. And then a link to the 5LQ podcast with Todd uh, and Chandler, one of our podcast partners as well, just on on generosity and giving as well. There's some some great resources. Well, uh, that's all from us today. Hopefully it's been helpful. Hopefully it's been informative. Hopefully it gets you uh, through the next few weeks as you think about how to 
navigate uh, finances and talk to people around you. I'm Derek Hanna. I'm Scott Sanders. That's, that's all.